Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Coach Zach Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rance, certified life coach, certified nutritionist, mental health advocate, meditation master. No, not really, but thanks so much for stopping by. I hope that you guys get a ton of value from each and every single episode. I like to bring extremely powerful uh, leaders of their industries on each and every single episode, whether it's a doctor, nutritionist, um, coach, leader, I, whatever it is, I, I want to make sure that not only are you guys learning, but that I'm learning. You know, at the end of the day, I'm doing this podcast, not just for you guys, but I'm doing it for myself. And all these conversations that I have with every single person I just named uh, is helping me get better. And it's helping me step into the greatest version of myself. And I just hope I can pay it forward to you guys through these deep, powerful conversations. Thanks so much for stopping by. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Good energy. How's your day going so far? Day is going good. Just got started here in the clinic. Uh, you're in California, right? I'm actually in South Florida. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we're in the same time zone. Yeah. We're, I'm in Pittsburgh. So it's, yeah, the day's good. Good, man. And you're a leader in functional medicine. Can you tell the audience what functional medicine is? Yeah. So functional medicine, if I had to boil it down, the main differences between functional medicine and conventional medicine. Uh, functional medicine, it, we run labs using a different ref, reference range, or we're, we're actually interpreting the labs using a, a thinner reference range. So everybody will know from their, if they go to Quest or LabCorp or their doctor's office, they'll get this X to Y interval of numbers. We get that reference range from a statistical bell curve average of people who go to labs. People that are predominantly going to labs are people, sadly, with health problems. So um, I don't want to just compare my patients to people that are going to labs. I want to see how they can feel their best. And that's the functional range. That's where their body is functioning the best. It's vibrant wellness. So it's a thinner range within that larger reference range. This is, there's a lot of people out there that go to their doctor. They know intuitively something's not right. And their doctor says, everything's fine. You're just getting older you're just depressed, you're, you're a new mom, or you need to lose weight, all these sort of well-intentioned reasons as to how somebody could be having symptoms despite these quote-unquote normal labs. But what the doctor is unintentionally telling them is they're a lot like the other people with health problems that aren't feeling well, that they're being compared to with that reference range. So just right. because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. And comparing yourself to people that aren't feeling well as well is no well way for you to see and learn how you can feel your best. So we're looking at a thinner reference range. We're running more comprehensive labs. We're looking at multiple labs perspectives. So things like gut issues or hormonal problems or toxicity issues or chronic infections, whatever's relevant to the case, we're just running labs that are the most relevant pieces to the puzzle to find out what are the reasons why they're struggling with these health issues. And then we realize we're all created differently. So there's no one size fits all approach to getting well. So in functional medicine, we're really looking at bioindividuality and that the fact that you can have 100 people with the same set of symptoms, the same diagnosis, and what's needed for one case is not necessarily needed for the next one. So we Absolutely. really want to be um, looking at the uniqueness of the person. Um, I mean, for example, if someone, if you had 100 people with fatigue, that's just a, that's a diagnosis code, it's chronic fatigue syndrome. But why is that person chronically fatigued? Underneath mm -hmm. the surface, there's a lot of different possibilities. So 
the chronic fatigue syndrome or any diagnosis is many times just that check engine light. We know that check engine light's on, but why? And everybody's different in that way. So that's um, my long-winded explanation of functional wow. medicine. It definitely makes sense. To, to simplify that, you know, functional medicine is almost like quality of life. We're all biological individuals. We all have different physiology and depending on our thoughts and how we live and our choices and actions, nutrition, decisions and whatnot, um, functional, I guess, is just how we could live the highest quality of life possible. Exactly. Well said. Okay. And many people just go and they think, well, it's their every day and they just push through the day, but it's not a good quality day. So uh, the epidemic proportion of things like fatigue and anxiety and depression and different inflammatory problems, different autoimmune problems. I mean, these are the people that I talk to 10 hours a day, consulting them via webcam. It's many people's every day and they, they just settle for it because they don't really know there's anything better. Um, and these are silent problems. They can still oftentimes go to work. They can still you know, function in their family, but it's not a good quality day. And the other side of that coin is that these things are largely overcomable, improvable, healable things with time. And that's really my, my work with my patients. That's great. That's great. So let me ask you a question. Obviously, we discussed over the last five minutes when we know that things are wrong with our body. Right. You know, we need to go to the doctor because we're fatigued. We need to go to the doctor because we're severely depressed. How do we know when we're running as efficiently as possible? How do we know when we're feeling our best? Well, I think there's a few ways to look at that. Subjectively, we would just look at how some how you feel if if or for the people that are listening, just look at go through your systems of your body. I actually started my newest book Intuitive Fasting with a quiz, and the quiz is adapted from questions that I ask patients. So I think questionnaires and quizzes and things like that are good mm. metrics for people to check in with themselves and to start to ask questions and be curious about their own health and their own body. Because again, many people just go through these things every day and they just think just because it's common, they equate that with normalcy. Um, so look at your energy levels. Look at if you're getting a dip of energy in the afternoon, or if you're struggling to get through the day, you just want to take a nap, even though you probably can't take a nap or maybe you do have to take a nap. Um, if you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, Looking at your hair, um, are you losing hair? Is it hair, hair thinning? Um, looking at your skin, looking at your nails, uh, looking at your digestion. Many people uh, don't, I'm, not enough people talk about digestion, but I mean, you should be having one to two normal bowel movements a day. The, the way that we describe it is one to two snakes a day uh, to give people a, a visual there. Uh, many people aren't having that. <laughs> Somewhere off on the crystal chart, we're getting real, Zach, real fast. Uh, talking about people's bowel movements. But I mean, mm -hmm. this is important stuff. And looking at if they're having trouble losing weight, looking at anxiety and depression, I see a lot of people struggling with these background anxiety. It may not be a full blown panic attack disorder, but it's somewhere on this anxiety spectrum. I see mild depression a lot. I mean, these are all these check engine lights that people can start to say, hey, look, well, yeah, it's my everyday, but is it normal? And you have to know what you're dealing with to do, to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's funny because over the last 18 months or so, I've been cultivating better body awareness because I'm training for an Ironman and I exercise 
a lot, a lot, a lot. And for a while growing up, I wasn't good at listening to my body. I would eat when I'm not hungry. I would work out muscles that are already sore. Um, I wouldn't really listen to my energy levels and I would just do things that I want to do even if I was tired. Um, but because I recently started to cultivate and develop this better body awareness, I feel like I get better sleep quality. I have higher energy levels. I know what foods are going to make me feel a certain type of way, whether that's a good way or a bad way. And that mind aspect to it, that mental aspect to it, I think is so important when it comes to quality of life, when it comes to functional medicine, because a lot of us are just going through life sleepwalking, subconsciously doing whatever we we react on immediately. And um, I think that was something that's really helped me out a lot. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's rooting yourself in your body is a good thing for everybody. And I think many people they're so busy or they're so distracted with technology or things they have going on in their life that we've lost in many ways uh, our connection with ourselves. And you training for this um, is a great example of when you really focus on rooting yourself in your body and you can start seeing, okay, well, I can really focus on the things that are things to, to work on. And we all have things to work on. But again, when you're not paying attention with mm-hmm. your body, you don't even know what's normal. You're just, everything's just a big blur on what's even going on in your body. Right. So tell me a few of, or one of your mentors that you really appreciate their work and you're trying to dive deeper into. There's some amazing people in my space in functional medicine. I mean, some very kind mentors in my life um, over the years of Dr. Alejandro Younger is one of them. Um, he's written some amazing books and just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he trained as a cardiologist traditionally, but he's in, in the space of integrative medicine and functional medicine. And he's a dear friend. And Dr. Terry Walls is doing amazing things as well in her space. Looking, she has MS and which is an autoimmune condition. And uh, we talk a lot about autoimmunity together and what we can do for that community. Um, and that's my main patient base are people with autoimmune conditions. Um, Dr. Josh Axe is another great friend of mine who checks in with me and, you know, we, he's just a wealth of knowledge, knows tons about um, traditional Chinese medicine. And um, yeah, so there's a friends and colleagues of mine that I really respect. And I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow is another great inspiration for me. She's actually wrote the forward to intuitive fasting, my newest book. And she, um, is so savvy and so smart and so kind. Uh, so she's not directly in functional medicine, but her what she's doing with Goop and really leading the conversations for people that aren't in functional medicine, and she's bringing us in functional medicine. She's giving us a different level of a voice through her platform. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for, for her. Mm. Gwyneth Paltrow, wow. What a great person to write the forward to your book. So mm. tell us tell us more about your book, Intuitive Fasting. Coming out soon yeah february 23rd it's on pre-order now um yeah so over 2020 i obviously my day job is i'm consulting people around the world i started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world so over the over the past decade from 8 a.m to 6 p.m i'm talking to people via webcam and drop shipping them labs and giving them guidance on this stuff so anything that i do other than that is just an outflow of my clinical experience with patients so fasting 
is a tool that I've used for a long time with my patients and my own life. And I've talked about it in brief, uh, briefly in my first two books, in Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum. But I wanted a deeper dive in this conversation uh, on fasting. But as its name implies, intuitive fasting, which is a paradox on one level, where like how could fasting ever be intuitive? But when someone has metabolic flexibility, fasting is very much intuitive, just like eating can be intuitive. So I wanted to have a very rich, deep conversation about what it truly means to be led with from intuition. Because it's really nice to say that. And you hear that on social media, like I'm an intuitive eater or people using the hashtag. But what the heck does that mean? Because have you met anybody struggling with hormonal problems or blood sugar problems or fatigue or hangriness or insatiable cravings? And that's a lot of people statistically. It's really hard to know what your intuition is saying because they're craving things that are actually feeding their inflammation and feeding imbalance and they're kind of bound by those cravings. And the cravings can actually mimic or imitate the intuition because they're is it hangriness or is it intuition? Is it hormone imbalance or is it intuition? Stress eating isn't intuitive eating. Emotional eating is not intuitive eating. So I want people to actually cultivate both a physiological, like a physical practice of metabolic flexibility, which just means your body is more metabolically agile. You are uh, be able to become a fat burner and you have no more cravings anymore. So you actually can hear that still small voice of your intuition. And that's what I want people to get to. And we use flexible intermittent fasting to gain that metabolic flexibility because so many people are stuck in this sugar burning mode where they are struggling with hangriness and cravings and fatigue and different inflammatory problems. All of that stuff is proverbial noise and it is physiological imbalance, but proverbial noise in the body. So it's really hard to discern what your body loves and what your body hates when it comes to food and anything else. So I, I want, I'm teaching an intuitive fasting how for people to gain metabolic flexibility with flexible intermittent fasting. And then not just that, but bringing all these mindfulness practices into their life so they can start to hear that intuition. Because I want people to have a grace and a lightness when it comes to food and wellness, because there's so many arduous, punitive, obsessive, like shame-based ways, practices and wellness. And this is the antithesis of sustainable wellness. And I want people to really uh, enjoy these things that we're talking about in the health space. Mm. Yeah, I, I recently started intermittent fasting after I had a, uh, did a podcast with Dave Asprey. Mm -hmm. And it's been going so well for me. I have higher energy levels. I feel lighter on my feet. I feel more clear headed. And to be completely honest with you, I think I was just eating too much. I wake up at 5am every day. So by, you know, 830, I'm hungry. But just getting past that first feeling of hunger, it just gets easier and easier over time. But uh, we're all different. Yeah. Right? We're all different. So fasting, you know, it should work for everyone. And it probably does work for everyone. But what you said, flexible mm -hmm. fasting is important. So mind if we play a little game for a second, I'm going to walk you through my diet and my relationship with food. And you can give me some feedback and tell me what I can do better. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so I do a minimum 16 hour fast, I eat my last dinner meal by 637 o'clock latest, and then I try to not eat until noon the next day. In that 16-hour window, I do drink black coffee with nothing in it, no sugar. 
I don't put MCT oil or anything. I used to do that, um, but not so much anymore. Is there anything you recommend to put in my coffee while I'm fasting? Uh, no, I actually like the fact that you don't put the MCT oil in it. And it's fine for people. I see that as a a good gateway food. If someone's adding like the butter coffees or the MCT oil, I mean, it, having those healthy fats is not going to break your fast. And if it makes your fast easier, I think it's completely fine for people to do that. But as they gain metabolic flexibility, I would prefer someone having no calories when they are doing their intermittent fasting or their time-restricted feeding. Um, specific type of intermittent fasting there. So I think that that's completely fine. I, I, I recommend you doing exactly what you're doing during the fast. I think that the uh, black coffee tea is another good good one. I mean, Earl Grey tea specifically is a black tea uh, with bergamot, which is a citrus from Calabria in Italy. But people can get good Earl Grey you know, anywhere. That's pretty widely accessible. But it, the bergamot's been shown in studies to increase autophagy which is these uh, cellular recycling pathways. Um, think of it as your anti-aging, anti-disease kind of own house cleaning system that our body has uh, and a cellular renewal system. Well, fasting increases autophagy too. So I like the idea of supporting those autophagy pathways when someone is doing intermittent fasting with something like Earl Grey tea. Um, but coffee's good too. Um, I, I think fat, that the caffeine in both the Earl Grey tea and the coffee will support lipolysis or fat burning. Um, and of course, the catechins and the polyphenols and the antioxidants that are in both tea and coffee are beneficial too for the immune system. So all that stuff's cool. I think it's a great thing. I do about the same fast as you most days, about an 18-hour fast. Okay. And then when I break my fast, I do my best to do one-third carbs, one-third protein, one third fat. So my typical meal would be like today I broke my fast with that smoothie I told you about. It's organic blueberries, chia seeds, one raw egg, protein powder, almond butter, honey, and sunflower seeds. Mm -hmm. But I try if I'm eating a meal, I'll do like three eggs, spinach, tomatoes, flax seeds on my eggs. Um, and then sometimes like avocado toast. How does that sound? It sounds solid. I mean, I, the way that I advocate it for many of my patients and how I did it uh, in intuitive fasting is I paired these flexible intermittent fasting windows with a clean ketogenic diet or the name of my first book is called Ketotarian. It's a mostly plant-based clean ketogenic diet. Uh, now, obviously you're training right now. So you're, the amount of your energy expenditure, not everybody's doing that. So I think that the carb, clean carb cycling that you're doing and doing like a third of carbs, third protein, third fat makes sense for somebody that's doing the amount of training that you're doing. The average person, especially if they're struggling with some metabolic inflexibility, for the first couple of weeks, I would recommend keeping your carbohydrates a little bit on the lower side not super low, not no carb, but just uh, um, uh, 50 grams of net carbs or less. And it's predominantly coming from things like non-starchy vegetables, like low fructose fruits with berries. That's predominantly where their carbohydrates are coming from. But it's a lot of plant-based foods. Like most of the foods you mentioned would be in that ketotarian plant-based keto approach, pairing that with the intermittent fasting windows. Um, but 
I still advocate for a cyclical ketotarian approach, especially for women. So in the book, I talk about maybe increasing your carbohydrates around your period, around your ovulation, or around a heavy workout or a heavy training session like you're doing. So you're doing exactly what I would advocate people to do. Okay. All right. Awesome. And then, you know, for dinner, I, I try to eat as most plant-based as possible. A lot of the times I cook tofu and quinoa. Uh, I'll do a salad with cucumbers and sunflower seeds, ginger dressing. Um, so it's just hard to keep the meal plan diverse. I'm not the best cook in the world and it's not easy for me to always take the time out to cook, but the fasting is more so just as important, if not more important than the nutrition in my diet during my eating window. How yeah. do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the studies around fasting, they had to prove in the scientific journals that fasting held its own. So in a lot of the studies, they had to control it for calorie intake, meaning people that ate the same amount of calories, one group ate in a tighter window and one ate in a bigger window throughout the day to see, okay, was it the calorie change? Or was it the eating windows? And studies have shown repeatedly that it was the eating window, the mm. type of eating window, or the time restricted feeding, or the type of intermittent fasting here is actually the benefit there, not the calorie. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, they actually, in a lot of these studies, they didn't have people really change the foods that they ate either. So we know that right. fasting or time restricted feeding stands on its own. But obviously, as a functional medicine practitioner, I'm not going to advocate for people to fast their way out of a poor diet. But for the sake of studies, you have to look at that stuff too. So I, without a doubt, know that a clean diet, the way that you're eating, the way that I advocated for intuitive fasting, paired with intermittent fasting exponentially enhances both of those things. So you get the fasting and the feasting really working synergistically to move the needle in somebody's health. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, honestly, I mean... Not much more to say. Eat a lot of colors, leafy greens, 16 hour fast, get a little bit of exercising in, be consistent with meditation, practice mindfulness, look at the stars, watch the clouds, spend time with my family and stuff and I think I'll feel pretty good, high quality of life and I'll probably die pretty old, you know? Yeah. And most, most of the stuff you just mentioned are really low cost or free. I mean, fasting is completely free. So people don't, let's just say they don't live in Miami, they don't live in Los Angeles, they don't live in New York, and they don't have access to like the best foods under the sun. That's okay. I think people can do the best they can with the access they have, what's within their budget. And I've seen people, I mean, for the past 12 years, I've been talking to people on via webcam, and they're not people in the big cities all the time. And they are able to move their needle in, in their health, improve their health in amazing ways with just some of the simple things that you talked about. You don't have to be a health aficionado uh, living in the kitchen and knowing all the stuff to really improve your health. That's it. And, and it's a journey. You know, it's not like you're going to flip the switch and now you're, oh, you only eat healthy. If you just get 1% better, be 1% more intentional about what foods you buy at the store, be 1% more conscious about how you feel after you eat a good meal or a bad meal, then you're moving in the right direction. And it's been a constant journey for me and I'm just getting started. And that's why I'm so thankful for you and I'm so appreciative that you took the time out of your busy day to come on this podcast to not only help me, but help my audience as well. And, uh, having this conversation isn't just helping me, it's helping other people. And I'm just really happy and, and glad that 
you did this for me, Dr. Will. Of course. Anytime. I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, go check out Dr. Will on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole, D-R Will, C-O-L-E. Go check out his book, dropping February 23rd. I'm actually on Amazon.com right now, and I'm going to pre-order this bad boy, Intuitive Fasting. Boom. It's white, yellow. Awesome. Just pre-ordered it, my man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with today? Uh, no, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I This year, I'm just focusing mainly on my clinical practice with my patients. Uh, the book, I'm ex- really excited for intuitive fasting. I, I have a new podcast that's launching real soon, like right now. It's called The Art of Being Well. Uh, so nice. it's my first solo podcast. I hosted Keto Talk for like three years. So we did Goop Fellows for a year. It's on pause right now. Uh, so I'm excited for the art of being well because I can have deeper conversations like you and I are just having right now um, where you can't always get that on social media, right? It's like these mm-hmm. conversations like you're having, we're having together right now is really important because people, you can get better context, you can get better nuance to these uh, important topics in health. Dr. Will, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you have a wonderful day. If there's anything I can do to support you, please let me know. Thanks, man. Likewise. Likewise.